the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, episode 69. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right. I am all right. I I always... When I say good morning, it's because we I'm up at it's 7 a.m. and we're talking, but I know that our listeners don't always, <laughs> it's not always morning when they're listening to us. And right. Yeah. So we're just going to use the greeting that we use <laughs> for each other. That's right. Hey. Because <laughs> it's morning. We do these things in the morning. <laughs> when it's quiet. Are your children still asleep? When it's quiet, when we're perky. Actually, yeah. they're both awake this morning. Usually the teenager would still be sleeping at nine, but for whatever reason, he's already awake. But Chloe's an early. My daughter's an early riser, like the adults. Oh, my. So, yeah, you have to get up even earlier, right, than to get some time by yourself? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I got up at five-ish. Oh, it was maybe 5.45. So where, where, I'm curious, where, do they, where are they at when you record? Uh, they are on their individual devices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, teen, the teen rarely leaves his room when he's at home, right. and Chloe has a spot on the couch. Oh, okay. So you get to just in another room. Yeah. But you're doing your thing and they're doing their thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I know I just talked to you recently. Are you, have you anything exciting happened to you in the last few days? Uh, (laughs) not really. I, you know what though? I will say since this is what just happens to be when we're recording this, when it airs, it'll be long after, but I do celebrate four years of sobriety tomorrow. So that's kind of exciting. That's right. Yeah, that's exciting. And I get to go see Janelle Hanchett, um, tomorrow as well. And those just happen to fall on the same day. She's doing a book signing, uh, for her book. I'm just happy to be here. And she has been on our podcast before. And so I'm super excited that those things happen to be on the same day and I get to see her tomorrow. Oh, congratulations. Or happy birthday or all of it. Thank you. Four years. That's a big deal, Sandra. So you quit after Fourth of July weekend then. You know what I mean? Right. After the holiday. Was that a big holiday? It was, was after a, a vacation. Yeah, it was yeah. after our vacation. Yeah. It was after our vacation. And then came home, went to a party, um, uh, like a girl's drinking party, mm-hmm. uh, even though I really didn't want to go. Um, but I felt compelled to go because FOMO or whatever. And um, But I wasn't going to drink. Mm-hmm. And then, then I wasn't going to get drunk. Right. <laughs> And, uh, I, you know, I broke all of those, those, uh, quasi promises I'd made to myself. So again, just tired, super tired. That's, um, 
The timing of that, I, I, I was just at a women's meeting and, um, gosh, there was like 10 newcomers and that's what came to mind. I'm like post holiday. Summer. Yeah. Summer. Yeah. And summer. it was so awesome. They were, so, everybody introduced themselves. It was like a lively meeting. I felt really, I don't know. The shares were just great. And I think they were speaking to the newcomers, you know, like that can happen. Sure. It's really, really heartfelt and really beautiful sharing experiences of what it was like. Um, and being brand new. So it was, it was, yeah, this, this summer, it's a drinking, it's a drinking time. That's for sure. Mm, that's for yep, sure. Definitely. Oh, well, um, I wanted to share a little something. Um, I'm going to, I was asked to do a workshop at She Recovers for uh, creating gratitude. And that's coming up. I think by the time this airs, that'll be like a month and a half away. Um, and I've been worried about my panic. And I've been trying to correlate all these things together that we've been talking about, me and you and a few other gals. And, you know, travel and crowds has been the thread that's going through these panic attacks. So not to freak myself out, but to like have that information and know that I can do all these things to kind of support it. So that's a little bit like I'm excited Um an honor to be asked to do the workshop. And I'm a little bit like trying to figure out like, how can I support myself? How can I, you know, calm the F down basically. So that's what I'm going to be working on for the next six weeks. <laughs> you know, meditation and all of that acupuncture and all of those things. Yeah. Ha, huh, that's so hard because uh, it seems for me, like mm-hmm. if I, uh, the more I would obsess over that, the 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 worse it could potentially yeah. be. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But I think the other component that I should share really fast. I know we're trying to do shorter bios, but I mean shorter interest. Um, I talked to Jolene Park, right? I shared that recently. Um, I'm going to see my doctor, and if, learning that if my progesterone is low, you know that is um, the that that's anti an anti-anxiety the hormone right and right that, and that would help so if i can get some of that figured out i feel like that's more out of my head and into my body sure and sure so i do feel like that would be um and getting the acupuncture and trying to uh look at it from like a physiological standpoint rather yeah, than it's all in definitely. my head all in my head so that feels um it just all kind of feels like an invitation to really settle into myself and i think from going and going and going these first six months of the year, um, the summer has been like a time where I'm like, oh, I get to take care of some of the stuff I've been pushing aside. So we'll see. I'm not freaked out about it. I feel confident about, we've already got all of our talk worked out. So that's nice. Like my, I'm working with a partner. It's not all by myself. So, um, so yeah, I think, I don't know by the time this airs, if the tickets will be sold out. I know they're trying to sell out the event right now, but they can look at that over on the, she recovers website. And, um, the workshop Very will be exciting. on Saturday. There'll be two workshops. So, yeah. Very exciting. Um, so our guest is going to be going to She Recovers, and I'll see her there. Will you be there, Sandra? Am I going to see you there? Um, I don't It's. I don't think it's going to happen for me. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe if, you know, uh, the financial backing falls from a tree or right. Thing, which okay. these things happen that's right but it's a little out of my budget actually and I think a lot of people can probably relate to that yeah. um 
I wish I lived closer and it wouldn't be such a trek and mm-hmm. all of that. But um, right now it is totally out of my budget and I know it would be worth every penny. I know that. I know that. Um, so we'll see. I'm still okay. not saying that it's absolutely out of the cards, but. Well, um, if it is out of the cards, you know I got a Sandra stick figure that I could bring with me. <laughs> uh, I mean, a Sandra, what was it? Uh, like a flat Stanley that I, I brought you yeah. to the last one. I'll bring you to this uh-huh. one. You're going to get a lot of photos with like Amy Dresner. <laughs> I'll get you hooked up with all of our former guests. I'll take pictures. Well, it'll be good. Um, awesome. we'll, we'll make the best of it, whatever that is, Sandra. And I'll keep crossing my fingers. Um, but today I wanted to introduce my friend, um, uh, Gloria. Uh, Blecka, and she's going to be a guest on our show today for the summer. Wait, 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 wait I got to say it right. Sober Sisters, Sober Sisters Summer Series. And Gloria is a 51 year old teetotaler, a wife, a mom of two amazing daughters, plant eater, yogi, light seeker, crystal lover, and woo embracer. Um, she lives in Walnut Creek, California, and works as a development associate for a nonprofit, a job that she loves. And she also loves nothing better than being in nature with her family and friends, going to yoga, or cooking up a nutritious, delicious meal, and it's usually vegan. Gloria is passionate about lifting others up and being around others that do the same. She feels like the relationships she has formed in sobriety have been more genuine than she's ever known. Mm, yes. <laughs> she is also an all or nothing girl and is working on finding that happy middle ground that is more a little bit here and a little bit there. I love that. Welcome, Gloria, to the show. Thank you. Hello. So, so nice to have you. I know you're so I'm cl- excited. You're so close. Mm-hmm. You're so close yet we never we never can quite get together. <laughs> you're not I that know. far away from me, but I'm not. But, but a bridge logistics. does that. Yeah, a bridge it does. does. Sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well thanks for uh, coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for asking. Yes. Oh. It's kind of surreal. I've been listening for so long and, you know. Aww. It's it's I'm excited. <laughs> well, good. Well, let's tell yeah. our listeners how, you know, how we met or how we all came to know one another cuz that'll help kind of that's the whole, that's the whole sober sisters party of part of you. Part of exactly. It. Yeah. Exactly. Um so yeah, I um I fell down the rabbit hole of Holly Glenn Whitaker and Laura McCowan when I was looking for a um I guess a modality to help me quit with my spending addiction. Cause that's shopping is my, was my addiction is. And at the time, and, um, I wound up going to, uh, is it the never not broken, um, workshop that she had in San Francisco a little over a year ago. And, um, I, got, you know, went through my anxiety and wound up going in the front row <laughs> for the workshop, right? <laughs> and um, fortunately, I met you and Natalie and Sasha and just a bunch of other amazing women. And um, that was our first meeting. And then I think a few weeks later, I went to the uh, Daniel Laporte book signing at Grace Cathedral. And lo and behold, you and Natalie, Tammy, you and Natalie were right there in the front. (laughs) And I said, oh, and I came over and we chatted. And then um, 
hung out together that night. So that's kind of how we got together. Well, the front row, Natalie is front row Natalie. And I think think you are front row Gloria, too. Like, I think you Ah. have that ability uh, because we've been to Rob Bell, right? And and, and we were front row and then we moved to the second row. But yeah, Yeah. you are like on it. You you and Natalie are like soulmates in that department. I'm like would be in the back, Sandra. I would be at the back (laughs) of the line. I would be I was at the back of the first yoga class at Love Story. And Natalie's like, we're not doing that again, Tammy. Like, that's a no. (laughs) That's, That's a hard so no. You know, I don't need to be in the back, but I don't need to be in the front either, you know, but right. I, I love her. I love the ambition. and She's awesome. Yeah. She's like saving well, you know, space. For me, for me, it's about paying attention. Mm. I, I found that if I'm in the back, I tend to not, I tend to, you know, overthink or just not get distracted and, you know, go away from what, what I'm I want to be there for. I do that in my yoga class too. Uh I go in the front just because, not because I want the attention or, you know, because I need to be first. It's, I have realized more it's about me staying present in the activity that I'm doing. Yeah. So I just want to be a good student. Yeah. I sit in the front row at school. That's funny that now that I'm thinking about, I sit in the front row. So yeah, I'm front row Tammy at school. Okay. Front row Tammy. (laughs) So I can pay attention too, because I'm like, I gotta, I gotta hear everything. And yeah. 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 Well, yeah. So we did meet there. And so you were in line and I get a little nervous about being around crowds and in big events and things. And so you walked up with this awesome toolbox and you're like, you're like an oil dealer. You're like, you want some oil? You need some of this? (laughs) You need some of this action. And you had the cutest, most adorable, I still am coveting that bag because it fit everything just perfectly. And you had like, I don't know, a dozen oils in there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and tea. And tea. <laughs> like she had her toolbox like on her. And I was like, are you, are you sober? I think I asked you in line mm-hmm. and, and, and you said, no, no. You know, we, I'll let you tell the story, but. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I wasn't. I, you know, I, at that time, um. I just was, I had the tools because I, like I said, I'd been doing research on shopping addiction and, um, I couldn't really find a lot out there for that specific addiction. And I decided that, oh, why don't I just take out the word alcohol and use shopping? So that's how I came upon Laura and Holly's writings and hip sobriety and, and Laura's workshops. And, um, so I had my toolkit, right? I had my toolbox, my toolkit. So I was adapting all those, um, wonderful things, but using them for my shopping addiction. So when we had that conversation, I think you'd said that, I go, no, no, I'm still drinking. I'm fine. It's not a problem. And I think later on that night, we were talking about the secret Facebook groups, you know, the mm-hmm. for, for drinking, the unruffled. And then I think it was the home one at the time. And you said, oh, I think you have to be sober to be in those groups. And I'm like, oh, well, that's okay. You know, it was or sober curious. I was, yeah. Or sober curious. And at that point, I was like, no way, you know, <laughs> it's like, I don't have a problem with this at all. You know, I, I you know, I and I think I, I hinted to moderation, you know, I only drink on the weekends. Yeah. And, you know, I can get I can take it or leave it. It's not a big deal. So that's kind of where we met, mm-hmm. where I was there. And then do you want me to go into my sobriety yeah, story? I'm so, yes, because I'm so curious how you came to then the place where you decided, yeah. no, I do need to address this. 
Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you kind of start surrounding yourself with um, like-minded people, no matter what their addictions are or their traumas, you know. So the Instagram friends I made were all sober and the, the Facebook groups I was looking into and everything and, um, you know, just the energy around the people that I was surrounding myself with. And I think, um, I, what I remember, it was one of your podcasts. It was a few weeks later, um, in, I think it was mid early July and the subject was mommy shame. And I um, was listening to that and you were talking about how, you know, um, as a mom, you still had a lot of shame around um, your drinking when you were, when you were drinking and how, you know, you would go to the pool and hang out all summer and, and then, you know, come home, you've been drinking all day at the pool and how do you, you know, you don't remember how you got home and how you got the kids to bed and dinner and, and, um, also what was the other one? Oh, book groups, you know, just mm-hmm. book groups were a excuse to bring a bottle of wine and drink that bottle of wine and maybe drink more and, you know, having to call your husband to pick you up or spend the night or, uh, and, I stopped, I stopped it. I stopped, I'm getting emotional, but I stopped that video, I, the podcast, and I cursed you. <laughs> I go, Both of us? Damn you for telling Damn my story. You. Yeah. Because oh we God. don't want to look at it, right? We no. don't. We just go, sweep that ride under the rug, close that curtain. Mm-mm, that's not a problem. I was so mad at you. (laughs) Holy crap. And then all that shame and all all that stuff came up for me. And I was like, wow, you know, it's definitely my drinking in the last, you know, since the kids were, I mean, since way before, but with the mommy situation, since being a mom, my drinking was really a part of my life, a part of my social, a huge part of my social life. You know, all the parents, that's what we do. We get together, we drink, we have school auctions, we get hammered, we take Uber, you know, that, that whole, whole social environment, um, around just the pool and, and the school and all of that was all drinking. And, Again, I'd mentioned in my bio that I'm an all or nothing kind of person and having one glass of wine. No, that's not me. You know, I continue and, and I started thinking about this. It's like, oh gosh, Robert and I are often the last people at a party, you know, and Mm -hmm. looking for more alcohol or, or whatever, and then stumbling home. And, you know, so that, that was just a really royal slap in the face to me because it's like, oh my goodness, I do have a problem with alcohol. And then, you know, I think I was reading Refuge Recovery at the time. And, um, you know, Noah Levine says something in the book about, um, how you have to be in order to work on whatever your addiction is, whatever your trauma, whatever your addiction, you have to be a hundred percent present. And that means no alcohol, no drugs, nothing that numbs you. And that combined with all the shame I was feeling after listening to the podcast, I just realized I got, I, I, if I'm going to do this, I need to stop drinking and there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stopped drinking. <laughs> wow. It's yeah. Yeah. So, but so I find it interesting because you, so you're gravitating to these groups, right? 
Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think when we were talking, I was like, oh, are you a member of, you know, our secret Facebook page? And you were like, well, no, I don't really have a problem with drinking. And I was like, and I think we, I said, I said, well, I think, I mean, I think I said this, I don't know if I did or not, but I, I hope I did. Like, yeah, there, if you're sober or sober curious is what I've been trying to tell people because mm-hmm. you don't have, you can still be thinking, like if you're listening to this podcast right now and listening to us, like you can just be thinking about quitting drinking because mm-hmm. I think that's how it starts. That's our way in. But you, there's something inside you that knew, like even yeah. before you knew, because you I were attracted, so. you were attracted to this kind of, um, community. And I like, I like that your way in and I like the way that you, um, you were just doing a lot of self-examination, Gloria, right? Being really honest with yourself. I was absolutely yeah. because I, I had a rock bottom. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I had a rock bottom, but it wasn't, it wasn't a drinking rock bottom, but now mm-hmm. that, and, and that's what I kept telling myself, you know, mm-hmm. it was around shopping that I had a shopping rock bottom and mm-hmm. it was like, Oh, you know, the alcohol doesn't play a part of that. Well, it does. Um, it's, it does. <laughs> well, that was going to be my next question has quitting drinking. Cause you just had it celebrated a year of, mm-hmm. of sobriety from alcohol, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yep. Thank that you. Huge. And congratulations um, to you too on your four. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But has that given you some clarity then around the shopping thing? I mean, has that helped you address it a little more? A little. Yeah. I, you know, it's getting better. Um, I think, you know, um, when you first, when I first became sober, you know, I kind of did the, the Holly she talks about throwing the book at everything, you know, and then the all or nothing mm-hmm. thing. I did everything. I read everything I could get my hands on, listen to every podcast, the Facebook groups, you know, uh, all the woo, you know, I started meditating and, and, and Kundalini and all those things. And I, but I really threw it at the drinking because that was the immediate thing that I stopped doing. And then, um, I became vegan shortly after that for health issues, and then my daughters were curious about it, so I wanted to navigate that road for them before they went into it. So, you know, my my energy was around those things and not so much around the shopping because Mm -hmm. that kind of went to the wayside. And, you know, unlike – you don't have to drink alcohol, right? Something that is not necessary for life. Unfortunately, shopping is. And so it's something that, you know, food shopping, you don't have to buy the, the, the clothing and the, and the jewelry and all that stuff, but there is a part you still have to shop. And, um, right. It's the same way with people with food issues. It's like it, you have to eat. And so right. it's like walk, somebody once said this, it's like, you know, having to walk the dragon every day, you have, you know, mm. or walk the tiger every day. You have to, you have to do it. Um, right. so yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. So I think for me, um, the shopping, you know, didn't kind of just was still there and I was still finding myself, you know, for me, um, just a little background, I've, I've kind of figured this out, um, shopping and buying things, buying clothing, buying jewelry, um, makeup, you know, those things, um, really helped me growing up, um, and in my, you know, twenties uh, and thirties hide 
my shame, you know, hide my, I had some um, childhood trauma and I think that, you know, it's, it's numbing, right? You buy something new and shiny and you feel great. And, and then you get the shame from buying it. You know, it's that whole spiral. It's, it's the same thing as drinking that the feelings and everything, and Mm -hmm. it's a mask that you put on. And I think, you know, um, going back to my sobriety in sobriety and then it, I kind of put that aside and and worked more on the sobriety. But what I'm finding now is a year later, because, you know, when when you're first sober, you, I think, I forget what you guys call it, but it's the, everything is great. Everything's shiny and new and awesome. Yes. That's (laughs) the pink Mm -hmm. cloud Mm -hmm. did totally did that. And now I think before my year was coming up, I started getting in a funk and I think the funk was, you know, oh gosh, now what? And then the shopping, I really hadn't addressed that part of it. Not Mm -hmm. that I was still really into it, but I was still doing, you know, feeling for me, what that looks like. It's like, I go online and, you know, I see something on Instagram. Oh gosh, I need that. I want that. So then I go and I go to my, you know, go to the site and I fill up my cart and then sometimes I hit buy and sometimes I don't, and then I get it and then I get the shame and then I send it back. And so what I try to do now is think about all the time that I spent doing that kind Mm -hmm. of like with moderation and alcohol, right? All that energy and time around that specific need and I, I, I try to say, not this, I try to use a mantra and, and that's where I am now with it is I think I'm working on the shopping modality a little bit more and I find myself saying, not this, you know, using, using techniques and that I've learned for sobriety and things that I've heard on the show over and over again, and just really be paying attention and being present when I'm wanting to do that, when I'm wanting to buy something, when I, you know, social media is such a, um, it's a great tool, but it's also creates a lot of FOMO and a lot, you know, fear of missing out and, and wanting to be like other people that you see. And I, I really have to be conscientious of that, you know, and, and turn off those accounts and not get the shopping emails. And, and it, it, I, it's, that's where I find myself right now is, is working on that part of it. And you, and you've had a year of all of these tools. So that's fantastic that you, um, your quality of life, I'm sure you're more, um, you have more clarity and can really focus and pay attention to this issue, right? Cause you're, you're awake to your life now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And more so now than I was, you know, even two months ago or three mm-hmm. months ago, I think something happens where I guess, you know, the more you practice something, the more comfortable and sometimes you don't even have to think about it, right? You don't think mm-hmm. that you're doing it when you're doing it, yeah. the, using the tools or just really stepping back and, you know, and saying, gosh, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not who I am, you know, Yeah. but in the beginning, that's hard because you're still using those things to feel better about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, you know, being sober for four years, of course you contemplate much on, you know, the origin of, of the, of the, problem, you know, because drinking was just the symptom of something greater. And I, I find that I have found for me that being compulsive, you know, compulsivity was Mm. 
uh, a big uh, core part of of it not pausing to think do I need this now is it do I want this now am I how is this fulfilling some other need um so I think what sobriety does for me at least to help with all of those other things food and shopping and any other ways that we buffer ourselves or numb out is just being able to take the pause Mm. you know like Mm -hmm. do I need this now is this what I should be doing right now um because I am a compulsive person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you just am. Yeah, same. And I think, I think that's, I'm always going and doing and going and doing. And I don't always think before I do things. That's exactly mm-hmm. me too. And I, th- I think you're right. That's kind of where I am now. It's, it's, you know, just stop, just stop. But, you know, mm-hmm. one of, one of the, um, um, words that I just, or phrases is be still, you know, that I'm, I'm not used to being still in my life. And that's one thing that I've, I really have to work on, be it meditation or just like you said, just taking a pause, just take mm-hmm. a breath and just don't, just don't do it. <laughs> you know? Right. It's, uh, sometimes that's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> really it's, hard. It's the work of a lifetime, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to have mm-hmm. that awareness, that awareness. You're right. There's like this shocking awareness that we get once we remove alcohol. It's mm-hmm. like your life mm-hmm. comes into focus in a way that, um, you know, it can be myopic too. Like I can just focus on one part of my life because there's a lot to handle once we remove alcohol. Or for me, at least there was. I mean, I'm still, this morning I woke up from a dream and had to write some stuff down. I'm like, I can't believe. I haven't thought about that in three and a half years. And of course that makes sense. It puts this to this, to the, like stringing things together. And that's, that happens. I mean, I think it's going to happen for the rest of my life, but I can, I can put that before I was hung over and could probably wake up from that dream and, and just shrug it off and try mm. to just get through the morning. I'm not going to think any deeper about anything that comes to me. Um, that's, that's, that's how I coped. You know, I just was like, I'll think about that another day. Um, right. Or if it came up again, I would just have a cocktail or you know, a glass <laughs> of rosé. Um, before we, I wanted to just, you've made me think about something here. And I, so I have a question. I think sure. I, have a, I think I have a question. Um, I have a family member that is, that shops a lot. And it's been interesting to watch this um, go on for most of my life that the shopping is this event, Right. And mm-hmm. the buying is exciting, like you said. And then um, the trying on, the bringing home, the wearing, the using, the whatever. Um, but the returning of the item is also part of this thing, a very much a part of the shopping. Because I feel like this person gets to shop twice when they do that, right? Like mm. by, by returning it, because be physically returning it like gets to go back to the mall gets to take it back it's part of the whole process yeah yeah, yeah I feel that way is that how it is I mean you're saying you're doing a lot online too Gloria but is that part of it too or is that more when it's online that's different you don't get that hit like maybe yeah. you would if you went back and went shopping I, I don't know just trying well to- I think it's a game you play yeah. I know that's something that I did um it was you know if I 
if I bought something, okay, so it, it, so you, you put out the initial money and you buy it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then if it doesn't work out or if you put it on and you're like, Oh no, you know, or you wear it once or twice. I mean, I've done this, you know, we wear something and then we're tired of it and then we, we return it. Mm -hmm. And I think the game is you return it, but since you already spent that money, you get to use it for something new. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not that you're returning it to, that it's gone. You get to exchange it for another bright, shiny yeah. new thing. Right? Oh, right. You get, so, that you get, you get the get double the hit. hit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. I, don't, I can't speak for your relative, but yeah. that could be the, you know, it's just a continual exchange program. <laughs> You know, that yes. that the money has already gone out. It's already been accounted for. So, you know what? It doesn't need to go back. You know, I, I can get something new. So it's this, this whole little barter exchange game justification thing mm -hmm. you do in your head. Yeah. Um, I think, and I'm so guilty of that, you know. Um, and then, you know, for me too, I, I sell things on, um, you know, different resale sites and then I get the money. And then for me, it's, a, you know, there's that moment where I can transfer it to my checking account or mm, let me see if there's something that I want, you know, and I've been, I've noticed I've been better at just putting it in my checking account because mm. chances are once it's there, I won't want to spend that money again, you yeah. know? Um, so I think that's the change in it for me so far is, um, I, I, when I do hit click that button and buy it a lot, a lot of the times, you know, it's, I get a, sh a rush shame and sometimes, you know, I, I cancel the order when I can, or if I get things, then I, you know, the thing about ordering online is it's not as simple as just running over to the store and returning it. You've got to go through the process of asking for a return label and then getting it to them, you know, packaging mm -hmm. it back up and getting it to the mail. And that's all part of the process that I find myself in right now thinking, not this. Why am I doing this? This I, this is what a half hour of my life that I've spent on this one stupid pair of pants or whatever, whatever it is mm -hmm. that I'm returning, you know. And um, I yesterday, I think maybe with the I had back to back to back meetings yesterday, and I was just really stressed, well, not stressed, but just a lot going on in my life at work. And then I was thinking about the podcast and, you know, just the anxiety for me. And I, I filled up a cart with, with something that I didn't need and I was about to buy it. And I, I, I took the pause. I paused and I, and again, I said that mantra, not this, not this, I'm not doing this, you know, and I, I just deleted it, you know, and I think that that's kind of the, you know, you justify, and we did that in our drinking too. You just, you justify, you, you say, I deserve this. I need this. I want this, you know, and it's, it's the instant gratification, <clears throat> the compulsivity. And I think it all comes down to realizing being truthful with yourself because, you know, we, we played all these games to, to, to justify our, our addictions, whatever they are, and and with sobriety and with the clarity, and and I think Sandra, you say it, so, or some both of you talk about leading an intentional life. You know, mm -hmm. that that's all part of it, and I think it just gets stronger 
the more you work on being there. Mm. And I hope that made sense. (laughs) No, it does. And, you know, I had a period in my 20s, I would say probably through my entire 20s, where I had a pretty bad shopping problem as well. And they were mostly around stores like TJ Maxx. It was when those stores started opening. Oh, yeah. And I've, you know, and then I like moved to a small town and that's kind of what took care of the problem for me. It was before online shopping. And then I was in a small town where there was only a Walmart and then I had a baby. So it, it like, you know, it kind of fixed itself. The shopping thing did, Mm -hmm. but you know, I forgot how powerful it was. And, and, and I kind of realized that without realizing it, um, that I had been purpose, I had purposely avoided walking into those stores. Like I just don't go to those stores anymore. I went into one actually not too long ago and like, it triggered me so hard. Mm. Like, Oh my God, I have to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I, cannot, I cannot be in those stores. It's so weird. It's a powerful thing. It really is. It's certainly, I, I know that so many women can relate for sure. But as women too, you know, I'm seeing all the writings on the, in the Instagram, you know, um, feeds and, and the work that Holly does around, um, marketing of, of alcohol to women. And that certainly is, you see it every day, but shopping, shopping has been, you know, I mean, that's magazine ads, TV ads. It's all, you know, it's, it's in your face all the time. You need this. This is bright and new. This is going to make you look younger. These clothes are going to make you look great. You know, and even in the communities that you live in, you see, I, you know, I, my husband and I kind of laugh sometimes, but you know, you, you can see the, the trend, right? You see that everyone's wearing these Nikes and carrying this Louis Vuitton bag and driving that Mm -hmm. Mercedes, you know, and it's, it's not only the stuff that they see on TV and get in their Instagram ads or on Facebook or whatever, but it's also the, the peer pressure, you know, of, of living in a community, you know, where I live. Yeah. I live in an affluent area and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and the downtown of Walnut Creek is I call it little San Francisco. It is a shopping Mecca down there. And, you know, you go downtown and what is there to do? Shop, window shop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have Tesla and, you know, Tiffany. And I mean, it's not, it's, it's not just small boutiques. It's, it's these powerhouse luxury brands that are there and they're all about purveying a certain, you know, um, lifestyle and, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and all that. And it's, so it's not, I mean, it's very marketed, very marketed to women and, and, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to not get sucked up in that very hard, you know? Uh, I went, so growing up, I, we went to the mall every Saturday as a family Mm-hmm. And that was like a, it's like a ritual that we did. Um, so I don't like malls. And mm-hmm. as an adult, I knew I could do it differently. And I think um, that every Saturday mall trip and um, was fun. Sure. As a kid, I'm sure I loved it. I loved getting a new outfit or whatever. I, you know, that's where I got my first designer jeans, you know, my Jordache jeans. Oh, Very yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think kind of I've gone the counter I want to be counter to that so 
I mean, my budget too, once I sold my business in 2008 and the market crashed, my husband's a real, uh, realtor, um, you know, I was going to the food bank. I was thrifting. I had to find a way to still um, provide for my family and we didn't have any money. And um, they were humbling exercises and they were also like, I could be creative. And I think we've talked about this in the past. That's when my thrifting started. But then I started mm-hmm. thrifting like crazy, you know, and that became like a thing. Um, but recently I took my son to go um, get some items for um, a trip that he went on, this backpacking trip. And I wasn't going to go to REI and drop $500. We went thrifting. He was not happy. We spent $23 total. I came home. I felt victorious. <laughs> I was like, I got, we did awesome. And I had to have this talk with him. Like, we, you know, that is not, we, I know maybe we could go, we could maybe do that. But then we wouldn't be able to do all of these other things. So I had to have, like, this money talk with him. Right. And I feel, um, I feel more in control when I thrift, even though I know it's very, um, it's like a crapshoot. You got to you, either your mojo's on that day or the thrifting gods are upon you or not. <laughs> and it's happenstance if you find what you need. But I usually I used to carry a list in my in my wallet of items that we need, especially when things were really tough. I was like, OK, we need these items. But I found um, for a while there because I didn't have any money that I was thrifting way too much. Because I thought, oh, it's only right. it's you only can, three dollars. It's only $3. I mean, exactly. You can buy things that you don't need even at the dollar store. Right. You know, right? You can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that and that's that's the you were talking about TJ Maxx and those stores. You know, mm-hmm. I I went through that as well. You know, the the whole oh, it's you know, it's, it's only twelve dollars. It's only twelve dollars, or even fast fashion, right? The yeah, Forever Twenty Ones and and those places. You know, and um, yeah, I I went through a period where um, when I started working um, in the workforce, I had no money, you know, and that's when I discovered consignment shops and would, you know, go there and I bought my first suit at a consignment shop and, you know, the thrifting and, and I was very good at that. And I still am. I did that with my girls when they were babies. I found a really awesome, um, reused, uh, children's store. And I got, you know, I got, like the side sleeper, I got toys. And you can imagine living in the community that I live in, people, the clothes that you can find in the children's resale shops are amazing, you know? So I, and then I would, you know, tra- I would sell them and use them and sell them. And so I, I was, I'm good at that part. I, the part that I would get hung up with is like you said, oh, you know, for myself, oh, that skirt was only $5 or that skirt was only $10. And then I never wear it. It's, it's, my closet. You know, I think it's just the acquisition of the item and saying, oh, it was on sale, you know, and, and conversely too, when I find that, you know, sometimes when you wear something cute and somebody says, oh, that's a cute top, you know, the initial thing you want to say, oh, this old thing or, oh yeah, I got it. It was only $5. You know, it's, Guilty. Does it really matter? Yeah, but does it really matter? You know, (laughs) I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) I'm so proud, but it's still that justification, right? I deserve it. It's just like alcohol. Just like when we're drinking, I deserve this. Instead of just saying thank you, I like it too. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Period. Yeah. 
And then why are you talking about my clothes anyway? Because, you know, <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> you know, it's a small talk. It, it's, it's, you know, but still it's, it's one of those things that we do, you know, it's all, all part of it. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I think you're right about the TJ Maxx and the, the, those kind of, when those became a thing, um, yeah, I, I have a I have an adverse reaction to walking into one. Um, uh, I went into one recently to get Grady something. I don't even know what. I, t- I took him on one of these excursions again a few months ago. He needed a jacket or something. He did not want to go to TJ Maxx, of course. And um, mm-hmm. and I said, well, we're going to go in anyway because I'm not going to the mall because I don't I get anxiety going into the mall. I'm not going to the mall. So um, he found this awesome Columbia jacket. Um, he was so thrilled and happy and, and, and actually showed it and got jeans there. And he walked out and he's like, mom, that was awesome. And now we don't have to go to the mall and you'll feel better. And so sometimes, he, sometimes he gives me allowances, sometimes not, but it was like, um, it showed me too, that uh, we can go there. It's not, doesn't, if we're targeted, right. I have to like have a mission and, right. and, right. and go in there. Otherwise it's totally overwhelming. It's so it's much, oh, yeah. so much stuff. Yeah. And Target, Target's a hard place too, because I, you know, I've, I would spend time in the clothing area. You could get sucked in there for a half hour and Mm -hmm. an hour sometimes. And then you realize, wait, the toothpaste is over there, you know? So now when I go in, I just turn left. I don't even go to the right. You know, I know that that is just a danger zone for me. And to top it off, you know, I've, what I've been trying to do is make a conscientious, if I do buy something, I, I try to buy local. I try to buy from someone that, that made, made the item, you know, I try to buy secondhand. I'm trying to do more sustainable things for the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Because target is, I mean, they push all the buttons, right. For the trendy stuff, but it's just so much of that fast fashion. That's just getting dumped. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's so hard, you know, but, you know, for my girls, you know, I have a 13 and a 17 year old and hard to convince them. (laughs) It is. And, you know, they're still growing and their, their trends change so quickly. I've been wearing the same type of clothes for the last 20 years. Like my, my style hasn't really changed, you know? So for me, having a pair of pants that, will last me five, six, seven years, you know, and, and a pair of black pants, I can wear those pants three times a week and nobody notices, nobody notices, right. you know, is, is a better thing for me to do than to have, you know, 50 outfits that are all on trend and cute, you know, that's a lot to keep up with. And it's also, you know, you throw it away after two uses or three uses, or it falls apart in the washer. You know, my girls' clothes do that, but it's it's hard to to make the girls do that because sure, their I totally bodies. Get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, you know, they want to fit in, and they they want you know their bodies are still changing too, right? So mm-hmm. they're something that fits them in the spring may not fit in the fall, and so yeah, it's it's all it's a lot to deal with. But, um, you know, I think you're right, just not going to those places and using the tools and sobriety that I've learned to, you know, use the mantras and, and, you know, not put yourself in situations, you know, in early drinking, right. Not going to the dinner parties, not going, doing those things because you know, they trigger you, you know, right. 
Yeah. Right. It's, it's applicable across the board. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, I, it, you're exactly right. I felt exactly that thing when I walked into that DJ Max. like, I do not belong here. It was just like <laughs> I had walked into a bar or something. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> the DJ Max bar. <laughs> the DJ Max bar. Pull up. <laughs> Buy me. <laughs> oh, you go screaming and running out the front door (laughs) no no the security people are like what (laughs) but buying something i was just i mean just thinking about like buying something is a hit it is a hit um it's dopamine right you get that rush right away yeah you know and and not in you know i i think there's also that thing where you buy it and, and you, maybe it's something that you've wanted for a long time and you think about it and you obsess over it. And then, you know, that's the other side of it, right? You, you can now stock it, right? They have those apps where if that's something that you want, it can notify you when it goes on sale and everything, you know? So it, it's, if, even if you take the time to think about something that you really want, a lot of times, chances are you realize that you didn't really want that you know, Mm -hmm. but sometimes when you, when you do and you obsess over it and then you buy it, you know, you realize after you get it, you know, you get that rush and it's like, I got it, especially if it's something that's rare and that, you know, everybody wants and and you get Mm -hmm. one, you know, it's that, that whole competitive thing. And then you get it and then you get it home. And so what? You know, it's going to sit with the rest of the stuff. And why is this better than the other stuff that I have? Or what, what void other, I mean, did this really fit something that I need? Did I need this to, to, did I really need another white blouse or did I really need another red lipstick? You know, no, no, Mm -hmm. probably not. And there's probably others. The satisfaction lasts for mere seconds until you're on to the next thing. And it's just like drinking, you know, where you, you know, you would get that happy buzz for like a minute. It would last a minute. And that was the thing you always chased was that, that minute of, of, ah, and, but it never lasted longer than that. Uh, No, no. And that's, you know, that's definitely, yeah. So shopping, that's, you know, that you, you're just always searching for that or, you know, but it's so multifaceted, right? It's either the, the high, it's the, the cure from social anxiety, it's hiding something, you know, it's, it's, you know, if I'm bright and shiny on the outside, people won't see my, my inner ugliness, my inner mm. turmoil, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all, yeah, it's all that. <laughs> so... Hey, Unruffled listeners, just popping in mid-show to remind you about our Patreon fundraising campaign. To date, we have produced over a year's worth of content and have over a quarter million downloads. We can hardly believe it. If you like what you've been hearing, you can be a patron of this show for as much as you'd like, even if it's just a dollar an episode. To donate, please go to www.patreon.com backslash the Unruffled podcast. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Now back to it. So how do you, I was, I'm curious. So, so thank you for sharing all that, Gloria, too. Yeah, big really. Thing. It's so good. I mean, this is something that I think we've needed to talk about mm-hmm. 
you know, yeah. for a while. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, so, so when you, so removing the alcohol, you, I mean, you knew that you had a shopping addiction, right? And, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. with the alcohol, you didn't. So you, you, you realized, you came to realize after you cursed us out after listening to <laughs> us. <laughs> but uh, I still love you. <laughs> good. Um, but, but so, so you've kind of had a year to really do self-care and take care of yourself and realize that you didn't need to numb out with alcohol. And it probably helped you see a lot of things in your life, I imagine, uh, mm-hmm. more clearly. Um so you no longer drink. Your spouse no longer drinks either, right? No, it's interesting. Um, he turned. So I, my my sobriety date is July nineteenth, July nineteenth, and he turned fifty August twenty eighth. But right before that, he had a an injury. He had a he had plantar fasciitis, and then he injured his foot. And um, you know we went to the doctor, we went to a concert and then we, um, saw Tom Petty before he died. That was Hmm. epic, but also epic in this way that, you know, we went to the doctor and, and his blood pressure was super high and, you know, it it was scary. It was scary for him. It was scary for me, you know, and that it was interesting because the nurse had asked if he had sleep apnea and I said, oh yeah, because I, there were nights where I couldn't sleep because, you know, he, I want to shake him awake and make sure he was okay and everything. And, and she said, yeah, we might need to get that taken care of, you know, but so we go in and the doctor came in and he pretty much told my husband, he said, you know, if you lost some weight, (laughs) this probably would go away the foot in, you know, the plantar fasciitis and everything. And so he walked out and, you know, I just turned around and looked at him and we just started talking. And I said, you know, I said, I'm, I'm not putting it out there to make you do it, but you know, maybe if you cut back on your drinking a little bit, that might help because I noticed that the nights that he didn't drink, he would have no sleep apnea or it would be a lot less. mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, um, he looked at me, he said, you know, I've been thinking about this and it's something that I've been thinking that I want to do. And I go, cool. You know, so he didn't drink the rest of that week. And then he had his birthday party and we, of course he drank for his party, his 50th party. And he felt like crap the next morning, you know, cause he had had a few days of not, and he just, and that going forward, he just stopped. So I've been so proud of him and I just, uh, he's been so amazing to have that with me, you know, and then he Mm. went to the gym and he's, he's been kind of my role model and my mentor in this because he's been able to do it. And he, he doesn't have a sober community like I do. I think, you know, when I started doing, I did your mom, your, um, uh, Tammy, you and Holly have the mantras, right? The mantra project. project. Mm Mm-hmm. I shared those with him. And then when I was doing hip sobriety, I forward the emails to him and he was reading them and taking them in and everything. So he kind of, you know, gleans things off of me, you know, when I, when I do them, but, um, it's been, it's been awesome. And he, I mean, sleep apnea gone. I'm telling you, he feels so Mm. much better, you know, and it was really hard for him because he's a musician too. And so playing in bars, 
really hard mm-hmm. being, you know, all his bandmates, you know, when they practice, they, you know, they drink and partake and it's been, you know, it's been at first it was really hard for him and we check in, you know, I'm like, how's it going? How is it, you know, when he comes back from band practice, are you okay? You know, and Aww. he has his, you know, bottles of Topo Chico or his, you know, case of LaCroix that he brings with him. It's really, it's cute. You know, it's, it's, he's, he's been awesome with that. So yeah, he, That's amazing. he quit drinking too. That is so, so cool. Yeah. You're very lucky and very, um, you know, that he figured that out too, that you could help him because of your awareness and your kind of bent, you know, again, the knowing that you had, you were sharing mm-hmm. information, you know, not telling him to do anything, but saying, hey, you did hip sobriety school, right? I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then that you could share all of that information yep. uh, with him. You're right. He Guys, I don't know if they have big sober communities like we have. I don't know. Maybe they do. I, maybe I'm not aware I of I don't them. know. Well, not maybe AA, right? AA meetings. And yeah. Stuff, but... That's what I, that's what a friend of mine said. He was a, a blogger. He said that, um, he felt like that women were a little more fortunate because we can flock together on these online things where men don't, no. um, they're more of, they, they go to meetings, I think, you know, mm-hmm. and not that, that, not that there's any, not that there's not crossover, of course, that would, that's silly. And I'm not saying that, but that's what, that's the thing that he kind of noticed. Yeah. And he was just responding that he, you know, was a little envious that women could naturally gravitate towards each other online. He thought that that was just a really interesting phenomenon that he didn't experience as a guy. Yeah. 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 I think that's just a little more innate in us. Right. I yeah. think mm-hmm. to, to be able to do that and to be so open with each right. other. Exactly. I think that's really hard for men sometimes too, is just to the brutal honesty and the, you know, I, we have a, I have a sobriety, a book group and, um, we call ourselves the no bullshit, no booze book group, because you basically, you sit down and with, you know, without the veil of alcohol and, and, you know, we're all on kind of the same recovery path. There's no bullshit. <laughs> you know, we just, yep. we just go for it, you know? And I think, you know, it's, it's that intimacy. Women tend to be a lot more intimate with each other than men do, right, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I'm just in awe of how many things that you just have gone out and done, like starting a book club, right? And creating community, taking his Mm -hmm. sobriety school. Like these things that I hear about, and I've been talking with women lately, like women who take action, you know, we are so powerful, you know? And Mm -hmm. this kind of what we do, like what we're talking about here, this is our superpower, this kind of feeling and sharing and connecting, like, and using our powers for good, right? And, and, I don't know. I think it's action is so key to getting sober. Yeah. To actually and, and doing that's something about it. Doing it, you know, mm-hmm. and I think, I think lurking for a while works, but oh, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't, you can't help but feel the need to actually do something once, you know, you, I mean, I would say I have the best role models. I have you, I have Sandra, I have, you know, Natalie, our friend Natalie and, and, and Michelle in Texas, you know, all, all these people who I see on these groups and on Instagram, just walking the walk, you know, you, you can only follow and listen to these people for so long until you feel like, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a part of that pep talk that you have to tell yourself because 
it's hard to walk it alone. It really is. And, and you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key right there. I think you guys did just did a beautiful podcast last week on community. And I, it was, yes, I was sitting there. Yes. I was cheering that <laughs> on because that is exactly what this is about, you know, and it, it is this way with, with, you know, there's all these campaigns now for teenagers and self-harm and everything. It's like, you are not alone. You're not alone in mental health issues and in any of this, you know, there is a community out there for you, but it's that action. You have to take that step. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes can be the hardest thing, you know? Yeah. In the, in the, in what you're modeling, what you and your husband are modeling for your girls is just, that's amazing because, you know, you're showing them both, you're, you're both showing them, look, we struggle with these things, but you know, you can get to the other side. There is a solution. Yeah. And that's been, that's been the, the, the big thing for me, like at, even at my bottom with, with my shopping addiction and everything is that I never wanted to hide it from my girls because, you know, I just, I felt like they needed to know, they needed to know where this was coming from. We had some changes in our life and, and, and everything. And it's like, I never wanted to hide that from them. And then at the time it was kind of funny because when I was at, at my bottom with that, I um, picked up Brene Brown's book, Rising Strong. And that book became kind of my mantra and my Bible. And I said, you know, you can rise from anything, you know, Mm -hmm. you just have to take the action, right? You just have to do it and you have to rewrite your story. And if you're not in charge of your story, then, you know, you just, you're doomed to just rewrite the same crappy, what does she call it? A shitty first draft. You know, Mm -hmm. you're just, (laughs) you just keep writing that shitty first draft and, and you just, you know, and so for me, it was really important to model that, that resiliency, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that no matter where you are in your life and no matter how crappy you feel, how crappy, maybe you treated somebody else, or maybe, you know, that you weren't honest with somebody or that you, you know, just anything, gossiping, lying, you know, anything that you've done in your life, you know, you can come back from that. You can a hundred percent come back for that. You know, you can be truthful with, once you get rid of all the numbing and the veils and all that stuff, you know, and you start working on your authentic self, you can rise and you Mm -hmm. can rise stronger than you've ever risen before. And to me that you were talking role modeling, that to me is the most important thing that I can teach my girls, the most important thing. You know, and just having a, a partner that is also doing the same thing is just, mm-hmm. you know, they have a mom and a dad, you know, and, and it's hard because my oldest daughter is driving and she's, you know, she's doing Getting teenage some independence. things yeah. Yeah. yeah, and doing teenage things, you know, and, and maybe not making the best choices all the time. And it's kind of hard for me thinking, gosh, you know, I, oh gosh, this is hard, but I drove home with them drunk in the car sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, sure. that's yeah. a shitty Same. role model, right? right. Same, right? right. But, but even uh, for the worst things you can come back from. And I think that, yeah. that you're right. Exactly what you said. And, and it may for the kids, you know, sure. It may apply. It may apply to drinking, but it also, like you said, can apply to just any sort of shitty situation they find themselves in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can always come back from it. It's not yeah. the end of the road. No, 
Mm-mm. There's a path off. And Gloria, do you, I'm, I mean, I'm imagining, and I'll let you say the words, but you've got to feel like a freaking rock star mom right now. Right? I do. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, have my t- I have my days. You're but, present. You know. You've removed, you've removed yeah. this veil. You can probably mother in a way that's <clears throat> a little different, right? I do. I'm a lot more authentic with them, you know, and I've, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I can talk, have deeper conversations and just not be so, you know, I have more time for them. I guess that's a big part of it too, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not so muddled in the, the social, you know, stuff that we used to be really involved with. I'm, I'm home more, I'm more comfortable with myself, which means I can be more comfortable with them too, you Mm -hmm. know? And yeah, I, I, I do. I feel, I feel good most of the time. Now when they're fighting, then, you know, it's hard not to take that personally. (laughs) But I mean, how are you doing that? (laughs) You're alert. You have teenagers. Like you, you know, what's up, you know, what's going on. I know you're such a good mom. You've shared with me many things. And I just feel like, I feel like, um, your presence is this gift to them. Like, it's just really, it's really, they, you know, whether they look at it that way or not, um, I'm sure they will. You know, there's someday. Yeah. Someday. (laughs) It's interesting. I think my youngest one does. And my oldest one, you know, she has (laughs) her days. (laughs) Right. And that's normal. It's it's normal. You know, I don't, I can't tell them anything. Right. I'm, but it's okay. They, they do listen, you know, most of the time. And I just hope that, you know, in the background, oh, I have a cute, I just have a really cute story. My daughter had a swim meet this weekend. Um, and she, you know, being typical 17 year old, her swim practices are at seven 30 in the morning. So she's been busy with, been on a few trips with girl scouts and everything. So she hasn't been to practice on a regular basis. So she just thought, you know what, I'm just going to go. I'm not even swimming my strokes, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm running out the door and I have our Sid, you know, um, suburban monk has the Sid, Buddhas mm-hmm. and I have a big one right in our entryway and I have all my crystals. It's my little my little woo shop there. And so I looked and I grabbed two crystals and then I have a little medallion of Kali, the warrior mm-hmm. goddess. Mm-hmm. And I put her I put her in my bra and I put, you know, the crystals in my pocket. And so we're at the swim meet and you know, she's swimming strokes that she normally doesn't swim and she's like, Okay, I'm just gonna do my best and I said, Well what was your fastest time? And we looked it up last year or her fastest time ever. And I said, okay, you get that time. She said, no way. I can't do that. I go, you get that time. So she swam. I am. She got that time. She goes, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. And so she went and did the the second one. She got that time. So she like, she took off 10 seconds, 12 seconds. She just was on fire. And she goes, okay, mom, whatever magic you're doing, keep doing it. And I pulled out the crystals and I said, look, I am, I have magic. And so it was so cute because she's like, oh, my mom's got magic. She's got the woo. So it's kind of cute because she is my little hippie child. She's like, she's at camp this week and her name is tie dye. And she's got, you know, she's wearing crystals. And so she kind of embraces the woo side of me, which is really kind of fun. So even if anything, I've got that role model thing going on. You know? I love it. I and she has a mala. It. Sasha made her a mala. And so Aww. she wears that. So yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's those little things, right? It's the energies and all that, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Know. Um, speaking of woo, while you were telling mm. me that I'm sitting in my studio, looking at my triangle window 
and a beautiful red fox, a baby red fox, <gasps> just walked right in front of my path, right where you were talking about Wu. Oh, so well, maybe we should name we should name it Woo. <laughs> I wonder. I can't see where it went, and I don't. I've been seeing foxes everywhere the last three weeks, Ooh. so it's interesting. Um, and 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 they there's yeah. Anyhow, I'm gonna look up that spirit animal later, which I never yeah. have done before. Um, sobriety. <laughs> I would have said, oh, there's a fox, but that might mean something. So today's yeah. the today's the new moon, right? Mm, I believe so. And a solar. Hold on, I wrote it down even. And a solar eclipse. Yes. I partial solar eclipse. We won't see it here in the northern hemisphere, but there's a partial solar eclipse, so we might feel it. Is what I read. Oh, okay. So we should all put our crystals outside and recharge them and all that. (laughs) They're all in my windowsill right here. Yeah. See, I'm getting into it, Gloria. I'm I'm late Uh to the party, but I'm gonna get into it. I'm I'm trying. It's never too late. (laughs) Never too late. Oh, well, so we're at this point, I, I, I wanted to ask you really quickly, because you mentioned it earlier, um, Refuge Recovery, you read Noah Levine's book. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Have you, did you dabble into any other modalities or was hip sobriety kind of a holistic approach your way to, to recover and online forums? That, just to share with the listeners, like your path. Yeah, I think that was my main because I literally, I devoured her website, all her writings, you know, at the beginning and then Laura McCowan too. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think those two, the, that was my gateway. And, you know, I've, I know I love all your work in AA and everything. And I, I, you know, I went to a debtors anonymous meeting early on and I, Mm -hmm. I, that wasn't for me. I just, I didn't connect with the people and then that group folded. So I never really had a chance. You know, I, I, I kept, I kept, I was thinking of you saying, you know, every meeting is a learning experience. You know, you go in new every time and, it, you know, you just try to look at it as that way. And, and I tried, but it just didn't work for me. And I think yeah. a little bit of that is I grew up with AA in my household. Mm-hmm. My dad was an alcoholic and he, um, pretty bad, very, very, um, <clears throat> he crashed his car, you know, just, he was a very bad alcoholic. And I mean, mm-hmm. if that, if that is a term, <laughs> but, um, he, uh, so growing up, he was in the military and he had a choice. He could either quit drinking or get kicked out. And we were living in Germany at the time. And, um, he, he went to, he found, he found AA and it was early then it was, you know, it wasn't, really known. And this was, he was a Vietnam vet and they were realizing at the time that all the, the vets were coming back with, you know, alcohol addiction, addiction problems. Yeah, exactly. And so there wasn't, the military didn't have anything set up for these men at all or the, you know, the vets. And, um, so he was in Europe and he, he founded AA and saved his life. It saved his life. And, um, they decided to make him the person that went around and started AA groups all over Europe for the military. So that was his job. Wow. That is so interesting, Gloria. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up with the serenity prayer. My mom went to Al-Anon and I think we even met Bill at some, I don't, I, I was really young, you know, we met like all these big wigs in AA because they came and they helped my dad and everything. And I think for me, AA, because I grew up with it, was something A, I would never need in life and B, I know it and C, 
no way. My dad did that. I don't need that. You know, so there's that. Gloria, that's an interesting point. Um, I'm not going to out these people, but there's someone in that I know personally, and it's the same thing. It's, uh, you know, a father and son dynamic where it's the father's program. And even though the son could probably benefit from it, he Mm -hmm. doesn't want the same program as his father had. And um, yeah, it's, there is a dynamic about that, Gloria. I, I think that that's, um, a valid point. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, but see, I love the 12, st- I've read the 12 step book and I love, um, all the work that Marianne Williamson does and Gabrielle Bernstein around, um, the, um, oh, uh, Course in Miracles, right. Um, mm-hmm. all of that is just, fascinating to me and I love it. And I, I really want to do the step work and everything, but there's just, you know, I, I, I have the app on my phone where I can see all the meetings in my area and I look at them once a week, but Mm -hmm. I haven't, I haven't taken the action. (laughs) You know, there's still that, that barrier for me. So that, that's not to say that that will never happen for me. So that could be a modality that I incorporate, you know, but it's been hip sobriety. It's been, um, um, I tend a little bit more toward Buddhism in my, my, you know, with yoga and everything. So, um, Noah Levine's work, fascinates me. And I just, I love his writing and I, I can't wait to maybe go to one of his, you know, meditation classes. And we do have a, um, refuge recovery meeting here in Walnut Creek that I went to one time. It's just at a really inconvenient time for me, but I did enjoy that Mm -hmm. a lot. So, um, you know, the, I think that those have been my, my entry into sobriety and, and what I've used. So Well, that's what's so great about getting sober. I think um, you, you get to dabble and figure it out and no mm-hmm. one and no one can tell you what that is. Um, and I use all those. I just went to my first refuge meeting um, a couple weeks ago and it helped me with actually with a really big thing that I've been struggling with um, as I was approaching it from my quote unquote AA um, um steps and it it actually was a beautiful compliment to what I had been struggling with and so just reminding me again that that um you know I read I read every post Holly had ever written on hip sobriety worked with her did the school um but it's like we're collecting all of these things you know we're collecting all of these ways that can um that speak to us and then we're figuring it out kind of like like just piecing it all together and telling like, oh, this is how I'm recovering. You get to figure mm-hmm. it out, which feels super empowering to me as a woman. That right. There's no one telling me how to do it. No one. Well, and Mm-mm. I think there are a lot of people that are very rigid, you know, in their recovery. Um, but um, I think, you know, people that probably listen to this podcast aren't, you know, they, they do appreciate, <laughs> right. they are seekers and they are curious and they're questioners and, um, they like the exploration and, you know, so I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful thing. I just, I love every time I go on, you know, the Facebook groups, I, if I, you know, take a few minutes and just scroll through, I, I'm always learning something, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I think if you open up yourself to that and then you just take what you need, you know, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or try something and realize, mm, no, 
this doesn't work for me, but at least taking that action and, and trying it, you know, with, which Tammy, you've been so awesome at, you know, you've, and you've been very honest in your stories about things that work and things that don't right. work for you, you know? So, yeah. There's, yeah. there's a quote that I, I sitting on my little altar that I have for my friend Casey that I read every morning and it's by Joan Baez and it's action is the antidote to despair. Mm. And I read that every morning and I think like, that's it. I have to do something, do something mm-hmm. a little differently or do the same th- or do the thing that is working. But I have to do something. something. And when I was in my addiction and when I was drinking the way that I was, um, the only thing I was doing was the same thing that was hurting me. You know, I had to shift away from that. And I think by talking to these, you and all the women that we've been talking to on this show, like, that's what I think we're trying to help our, um, that's, that's the way that we're serving. I think we're saying like, listen to this voice Maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll resonate. Maybe it won't. You know, tune in next week. Maybe somebody else will have something to share. Um, and I really appreciate you coming on and being so honest and transparent. All Everybody that comes on our show. It's a really beautiful act of service that you're doing for another person who might be suffering. And I well, think thank that's you. Very generous. Very generous. Yes. Well, I have good role models. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're kind of at the point of the show where we kind of transition into the unruffled toolbox section. And if somebody's new and listening, this is the part of the show where we ask our guests to share three items that they um, that help them on their sober path or creative path, or um, maybe with your shopping addiction, anything that you want to share um, three items with our listeners today, Gloria, you can pull them out of your toolbox. Okay. Um, so the first thing I would say it's, it's a combination of three things, but it's breath mantra and my oils. Mm-hmm. So those, I always have those on me in some way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can use them anywhere. You know, you can always stop and take a breath. Um, I have my oils in my, I have this cute little bag that I carry my oils in. (laughs) Yes. Um, I can tell you it's a company called So S-E-W Grown, G-R-O-W-N. You can find them on Instagram, a little plug for them. And I think they have a sale going on right now. So, And I think she's a mom that just makes them. So that's kind of a cool thing. I like supporting those types of things. Um, And then... um, and then mantras. The um, what, what is Natalie's mantra? The easy try, easy. try easy, try easy. Oh yeah. my God, I've been using that. <laughs> um, not this, not yeah. this has been amazing. And then your grace over drama mm. every day. So if I use those, and I can just be use them anywhere. I can use them in a meeting. I can use them at my desk. You know, anytime I need them. And mm. that's that's been important, but it's remembering to use them. That's, that's the one thing caveat I will say about the toolbox. It's one thing to have them. It's another thing to use them. And that's, that's the part that I have to remember, you know? (laughs) Same. So, so, uh, yeah. So my number two is listening to a podcast Mm -hmm. or insight timer. So, um, obviously the unruffled podcast home, Robcast, um, Sarah Blondin's Live Awake, Super Soul Sunday, um, Ritual, you know, there's so many, but when I'm feeling kind of lost and not really feeling like doing the work, you know, um, not taking the action, sometimes I can just listen to a podcast and be right, right back at it, 
you yeah. know, and and that's been invaluable. You know, as much as devouring the online writings, I think devouring the home podcast and devouring these podcasts have been also very instrumental in my sobriety and my work. Good. Yeah, that, that's yeah. right. When you're not, when I'm not taking action either, when I'm just driving or going to school or just kind of going about my day, a podcast can help me drop into a, a new idea or thought or you know, hearing someone's right? story. Yeah, amazing. It's so it's just so powerful and so amazing. I I just love that medium. Not to say I also have I'm a little murderino, so I have my little true crime podcast. But those <laughs> can get me. Those can put me in a funky place sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> A murderino. Okay, I've not heard of that. All right. Oh, yeah. Murderino. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's, you know, I love true crime and, you know, those things too. But yeah, there's a whole, that's a whole nother community that we can talk about. It is. It is. I think we've mentioned it before on the podcast, but it is. There's a whole world. I have friends that are so into the true crime podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. I am too. But again, like I said, they can get a little. I don't want to say heavy, but dark. you know, a little dark. <laughs> I also am very into the political ones too. And those, those, I just have to shut off, you know, because I get angry, you know, I'm like, I'm going to go back to my woo happy work. <laughs> you know, it's like Speaking my own trauma. I can deal with uh, my own trauma and my own shit. I can't, you know, <laughs> that's somebody else's right now, you know? So, yeah. So those are, that's one. And then I could think my third one is community. Um, just my husband, my friends, my Facebook group, you know, just the, whenever, again, whenever I'm feeling kind of lost and, you know, floopy, so to speak, you know, to use a friend's Phoebe term, you know, I just, <laughs> I, I can ground myself back to, you know, a text or a, um, again, just opening up, you know, uh, Instagram and looking at Instagrams or, um, you know, son, <clears throat> your, I'm so sorry. Um, Tammy, you're, um, the great, um, the grateful, project that you did the what was it the three the month gratitude. one gratitude I look at that hashtag and oh, I can yeah. go through those I go through those and they just instantly ground me and make me remember what I'm grateful for so it's it definitely the community is just huge huge that's a great tool um that's um to, to, again, to look at other people's gratitudes, even if you're not feeling super grateful at the time, like I said, when I, yeah. when I read Sandra's or when I read the other gals in our gratitude circle, like it's, um, it doesn't maybe put me in that state of mind, right? But it reminds me of something and I can get yeah. back. And I would always be, I would always look at your list and, oh my gosh, she has so many things listed, you know, and I would <laughs> feel a little bit in awe of that, you know, and then think that I you know, the comparison is a, is a mm -hmm. big thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would say, Oh, I need to do that too. And I need to do that too. And then, but I think in reading all of them and not just yours, but all of them, I realized that, Oh, it can be something as simple as the blanket that I have on me being soft yeah, or my linen robe. You know, I just, I love my linen robe or whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be these lofty, you know, yeah. Oh, I'm so thankful for the sun in the sky and my, you know, the love, you know, it, it, it's, I think you buy into that whole loftiness of gratitude and everything. And it can just be, Super simple, right? Super simple. Totally. And it's one of those things, too, that once you get started, 
you just keep it just snowballs. It's like, yeah. oh, and I'm grateful for this pen and I'm <laughs> grateful for the internet. <laughs> And then you start crying. Oh my God, I love my coffee. (laughs) Start there. But that's that's kind of the key. Like you can start there. And it's only from, I think, reading others' lists that give me insight to other things to be grateful for. Because in the beginning, my first list, I've been using it in my gratitude workshops. Like, look at my first list. I mean, it's it was basically like uh Name every person I knew, basically, was like, okay, I'll just name my husband and my kid. I'm grateful. You know, I named that and then, like, food, uh, car. I couldn't, you know, it was just, like, one-word things that I couldn't. But then over time, you start glimpsing your life a little bit differently, and they get, they evolve. But they don't, Mm -hmm. you know, but if that's going to stop somebody, like, just, like, yeah. Um, I just did this list I was prompted for the She Recovers thing that we're going to be working on creating gratitude for your body. Mm-hmm. And the woman I was working with said, I notice on your list, you never say anything about your body. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? Don't, don't call me out. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking so about? So I looked at all my lists and I was like, oh, I say my health. And she's like, right. You just say your health. And I'm like, huh. And she's like, could you do a list maybe about your body? And I was like, that's going to be harder. And I was, I, it, it took me like an hour just right? to figure you're, out. I was, you're, you're right. It's like, whatever. Yeah. That, but. Right. But I was, <laughs> right. Grateful, I was grateful for my hands that helped me make art. Like I had to mm-hmm. really, I was grateful for my soft belly because it reminded me that I gave birth to my kid, you know, but mm-hmm. I had to think it did not flow and it was very uncomfortable. So I get it. <laughs> It's hard. I'm doing this happy, healthy you with Lori Massacott mm-hmm. um, thing. Yes. And one of the things that I had to do was take pictures like in a bikini, you know, in something that shows my body, not to share with anybody, but just take pictures and measure my body for progress. That was the hardest thing ever. You know, it's just I'm looking at these pictures. My husband took them for me and I'm looking at him going, ooh, ooh, ooh. And he he didn't. He was like, your body's amazing. I love it. Da, da, da. You know, and mm. just but yeah, but it's it's that it's so hard to to look at your body and be comfortable with that. And that can be a whole nother podcast, but you know, yeah, but, but just the simple gratitude, you know, that, that practice of, of being thankful for something, you know, is important. I think the lists are gradual and I love looking at all your lists. You did. Yeah. It was, it was for the November challenge, right? Is that when you started? And yeah, in case listeners, it's a hashtag Tammy's gratitude tribe. And there's 2,500 lists on there right now. It's amazing. Yeah. So if you don't know what to be grateful for, or you're struggling with it, like just like you said, Gloria, just click on there and you get inspired by uh, so many beautiful people on, that are sharing. And the art, mm-hmm. just the beautiful art and the ideas. And, you know, I, that was the other thing. I'm I'm art artistically, you know, I'm not I'm I'm a 3D artist. I was a makeup artist and, um, you know, more not not a drawing was not Mm -hmm. really my thing. And, um, but it's really kind of challenged me and, and, you know, I, I want to take a calligraphy class and I just, you know, I've always been a bullet journaler. And so my bullet journals are getting, they're super simple, but you know, I'm getting a little more fancy. (laughs) So, you know, I think that's, you know, just 
the looking at other people's ideas and their work and Mm -hmm. definitely can spring something new inside of you too, you know, so. Well, community is a huge thing. Community is, is, I mean, that's how we found each other, Gloria. And that's amazing. I'm so grateful. And um, I think our listeners, hopefully from listening to our episodes, we're just big fans of that. That's how we, that's how we found each other, Sandra and I. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I I think all the stories I've heard, I mean, if it wasn't, I mean, I remember you talk when I first came to this, you guys had just come back from She Recovers or it was, you know, not too, too far away. And I was so envious of, you know, all the connections you guys had right away. Because, you know, when you start sobriety, you want everything right now. That's me. <laughs> I want it all. Give it to mm-hmm. me. Give it to it. I just, mm-hmm. I want to be exactly where you are right now. Right. Come on, let's make it that happen, you know, and, and, but just hearing all the stories of how everyone got together and, and, you know, she recovers just to me seems like the place, you know, or, you know, the, the yoga workshops where everyone who has kind of seen each other online or, you know, listen to a podcast where we get to be, Oh, it's you. <laughs> you know? So yeah, yeah, it's just amazing. Just, I, I just love it. All the energy in real life is good. In real life is good. And I think, you know, there was a group of women at the um, Love Story Yoga, the last workshop that we went to that um, we were all from the East Bay. And one of the women was like, you know, we should do an East Bay get together. And that's how our book group came to be. We started with. Yeah. So there's. someone in Danville, there's two of us in Walnut Creek, there's one in Arinda, um, and then Suze is in Oakland. So there's five of us, and we've been getting together just about every mo- month, I think, mm-hmm. you know, trying trying to read books. <laughs> your, your book club came to the women's circle, and without you, I know without you couldn't me. come, and it yeah. was so amazing. It was so, you were missed, but we will we will see each other soon. Oh, I will make it to another one. I know. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, so it's that it's the community and I, and, you know, I just, I can't say more about, you know, that tool. I just think that is the tool, you know? Yeah. Well, how can people find you? How can people join in community with you, Gloria? How can they, what's the best way? Um, probably through Instagram or Facebook. Okay. Um, so I'm just Gloria underscore, underscore Blecha, B-L-E-C-H-A at Instagram. And then I've kind of dabbled into writing a little bit. You know, it's not super consistent, but um, I do have a little WordPress blog and the link is in my bio on Instagram. So if you want right. to find me there. Um yeah, I'm not going to promise anything. Cause <laughs> trying to, um, what did I say? Be a little bit more here, a little bit here, a little bit there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Less, you know, um, when it calls yeah. to you. When it calls to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always have. Um, I I think you've said that you are a big. You know, um, you use um, your iPhone, the mm-hmm. the microphone notes, you know, I always, I'm driving and I think, oh, that would be a good thing to write about, you know, so I've got all these notes, you know, but yeah, yeah, I love that feature. I leave myself little messages all the time. Yeah. But you know what? I don't go back and listen to them that often. I don't either. (laughs) But it's like I deposit them into this vortex so it can at least get out of my brain. If it's a good idea, I'll not, I won't stop thinking about it. 
But if it's yeah. not, maybe that's where it needs to live. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, good. I yeah. text myself. I, I don't know why I do that because I started doing it a couple of years ago. Oh. And so I just huh. have stuck with that, even though I have a notes feature and all the other ones. But anyway, whatever. Hmm. But you're I in text your text myself. a lot. You yeah, know, like exactly. I have to go to my notes. My notes yeah. are there, but I have to go to them. Whereas texting, you know, people who, um, who want to get a hold of me because I volunteer for different things, you know, they know that if they text me, I'll get it. I'll get back to them like right away. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's an email, it might be a little bit longer, you yeah, know? Right, so, right. yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Right. I shouldn't discount my system. No, it, it's I, a it great actually system work for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, whatever makes you look at it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Gloria. We really oh. appreciate it. Oh, yes, thank you so much. Lovely. It's been awesome. I, we could just sit and talk and drink tea all day. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm coming your way soon to um, venture to Ikea, which, you know, bring, brings me a lot of anxiety. So I may, um, maybe we can rendezvous somewhere. I would love that. Okay. Yeah. Just text, text me. I'll text you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Make that happen. <laughs> Have a great day, Gloria. Oh, okay. you too. Love you guys. Bye, Bye ladies. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers. Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.